Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Amen. Well, I'm excited to be back as well. Um, and I'm also excited for today because today we are bringing back our middle school class. Come on. And those, that, so all, if you are in middle school, if you're still in here, we have a class for you. And Kat is right in the back right there. And she, so just go ahead and get up out of your seat. She's got something exciting for you, all the middle schoolers. Uh, give it up. Um, this is our first time having middle school class since COVID hit. And so we're excited to bring it back. Uh, before COVID, uh, if you don't know, we had two services. And we didn't do it in the first service, but we'd always do um, uh, our middle school class in the second service, and man, it was, it was getting up there, man. They had like 30-something middle schoolers, and so um, we're bringing it back. So tell all your friends, we have a middle school class, and it's going to be awesome. And if you try to sneak out and go to it, that's weird, so don't do that. <laughs> um, but today, we're starting our new series, as uh, my wife already said, entitled Rooted, and it's really more than a series. It's going to be... Um, I really think it's going to be an experience. I think it's something that God has asked us to do as a church, and so I'm really excited about it, getting back to the basics, uh, getting on the same page uh, with one another. And so we have uh, this book. If you haven't picked one up yet, we have this book. I want you to pick it up. They're for sale in the cafe. They're $15. We're not making any money off it. It costs us $15, and so that is back there. And here's what I want to say about that is we make investments in a lot of things in our life. Um, uh, my daughter, uh, my daughter's played basketball. One of them still does. And um, w- one thing that she loves is when season starts, she always asks for something. Y'all want to know what it is? Thank you. Shoes. It's a new pair of basketball shoes. And I'm like, my word, child, how many pairs of basketball shoes do you need? And, uh, but you know what? We make the investment. And I don't know if you've checked on the price of basketball shoes lately, but I had to mortgage my house. And so I got her a pair of shoes. And uh, they're not cheap, and so we make that investment. Some of you make investments in your kids for skateboards or other sports, whatever it might be. Matter of fact, I shouldn't complain about basketball because some of our friends over here, their son played hockey, and uh, man, you got to get the skates, the stick, the helmet, all this stuff, um, and it's an investment, right? Uh, some of us invest in our health. How many of you guys invest in health? You got, you got a gym membership that you don't use. Um, whatever. Um, but you, you started out in January, and you're going to make this investment in your health, and you signed up for that gym membership, and now they got hundreds of your dollars, and you've been there like four times, but you invested, right? Uh, some of us invest financially. Anybody ever invest financially? You have a 401k. You have some savings going on, you know? Um, I, I want to ask you to do this. Over the next 10 weeks, I want to ask you to invest spiritually into your life, okay? $15. Some of you cringed. When I said $15, listen, man, just cut out Starbucks for a week. Come on, somebody. And there's your $15, all right? Trust me, it'll be worth worth the investment. Now, some of you cringed at the the $15. Others of you cringed at the 10 weeks. You're like, 10-week commitment? Yeah, you have commitment issues. But um, 10 weeks, are you kidding me? Listen, uh, you've been investing in your 401K for how many years now? And have you looked at it lately? Probably don't want to, all right? Okay? Now listen to me. Is my, is my, buddy, is my buddy Stephen Dixon here? Is he here? They're in the best. Stephen Dixon, come on up here. Get up here. I need to use you as, a, I need to use you as an example up here. My boy Stephen, he, he is a personal trainer. He's also a football coach. And, um, and uh, Stephen and I go back like a whole whopping year now. Come on, somebody. It's awesome, man. 
Uh, he's actually helping us get our whole uh, gym and everything off the ground and get ready. Man, he's going to be offering classes three days a week, I think, right? And uh, special prices for, for, for all of you to come and work out. But here's why I wanted to bring him up here, actually. Because look at this man, okay? <laughs> now, hold on. Now, just hold on a second, okay? Now, he's married, okay? So, but happily married. And, uh, but if Stephen came to me and said, hey, Ben, in 10 weeks, you could look like this. <laughs> Laugh all you want, okay? If he said, in 10 weeks, you can look like this, I'm making the investment, all right? I'm like, bro, yes, I'm yours for 10 weeks. Do what you want, man. If I'm going to look like, thank you, bro. If I'm going to look like this, chisel, dude. That's it. Sorry, man. I, we'll get you up here again to make a plug for the, for the okay? Now, some of you are like, oh my gosh, that was the example. Come on. If, I, if he came to me and said, man, 10 weeks, boom. I'm almost there, by the way. <laughs> the guy on the guitar today, his name is Bruce. We used to be friends. We're no longer friends because um, he left. But now here's what I want to say. Listen, I, I, I personally guarantee you that if you invest the next 10 weeks, that if you go after this and you say, man, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to make Sundays a priority. I'm going to get the book. The book has devotionals in it, daily devotionals you get to do, places to journal, and you make a commitment to say, I'm going to show up to my small group. I guarantee you that at the end of 10 weeks, you will hear God's voice more clearly. You'll experience his presence more abundantly. And I'm telling you, whatever need you, you present to him, he's going to meet you where you're at. I believe that with all my heart. Now, I'm telling you, you've got to give yourself to it. There's nothing in life that you just kind of like, it's not like I just came back from Disney World. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. It makes an absolute difference, <laughs> all right? What you invest, okay, there will be a return, okay? So here's what I'm, I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to invest in this. I'm asking you to go after it. I'm asking you to see what happens. Listen to me. At the end of 10 weeks, if your life is not changed and you can honestly look me in the eyes and say, I did everything and it doesn't work, you can walk away from the church. Boom, okay? But you gotta be honest. Did you invest in it? Okay, because I guarantee you, if you do, your life would. So here's what I'm asking. Invest in that. I'm asking you uh, to pick up the book. I'm asking you to come next Sunday, okay, early to church. Pastor, you're asking a lot of us today. Because here's what's happening. Starting today, we're going to start seven days of focused prayer. And here's what we're praying. We're praying the first two things I mentioned. God, through these 10 weeks, I want to hear your voice more clearly. I want to experience your presence more abundantly. And the third one is, whatever it is, you just lay it out there. God, I need you to do this in my life. That's up to you. I want you to write it down. I want you to spend like 10 minutes every day this week praying for those three things. God, I want to hear your voice more clearly. I want to experience your presence more abundantly. And then thirdly, whatever it is, you lay it out there. And then what I want you to do is I want you to join me right here next Sunday, 920. And we're just calling all the church to prayer. We're going to pray from 920 to 940, okay? And then church is going to start at 10. Pastor, what do I do with the other 20 minutes? Talk to somebody. Get coffee in the cafe. Shoot baskets in the gym. Whatever you want to do, okay? So I'm asking you, church, to do that. I guarantee you if you do, I believe with all my heart, if you make the investment, your life will be transformed. Do you believe that? A couple of you do? All right. And so, and here's the, here's the thing. I believe when we do that, we will begin to experience our most incredible life ever. Uh, because when we are, are the lights tripping out? 
No, I'm good, okay. Uh, when, we do, when we do that, I believe that God meets us and man, and, and incredible things happen. I really believe that. So I'm believing that for you. I want you to pray that. Here's what we're jumping into today, though, as we start this Rooted series. Uh, being a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to read this to you. I think it's in your notes. Being a follower of Jesus comes with a cost. Uh, we learn what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We're going to learn. As we go through this, this is simply what it is. It's taking us back to basics. We're going to learn what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And here's what we learn. We learn we must offer him our time, our hearts, and our very lives. Our time, our hearts, and our very lives in order to fully embrace the extraordinary life he has for each of us. And he's got an extraordinary life for you. But as, as you become a disciple, here's what you're going to learn. It's going to cost you, or you've got to offer him your time, your hearts, and your very lives. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 9. We're going to jump into this. Luke chapter 9. Um, we're going to start in verse 23. going to read to you just a couple of, couple of verses here. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to just have fun today. You like having fun in church? All right, good. 23 uh, and we're going to read to 25. Let me just set it up. Here's what's happening. Jesus has called disciples to himself. Um, he's asked them to follow him. Uh, he's now out ministering with his disciples. There's miracles that are taking place. One really cool one is he feeds 5,000 people with barely anything at all. Uh, pretty cool miracle. Uh, so miracles are taking place. People are starting to ask questions. Who is this? And so Jesus now, in this moment of, of raising up his disciples and doing ministry, and miracles are happening. He stands before the crowds. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, says this, then he said to the crowd, he said to the crowd. Now, Jesus also says this to his disciples privately in Matthew chapter 26. But now he's addressing the whole entire crowd that has come to him. Says to the crowd, if anyone wants to be my follower. How many of you guys want to be a follower of Jesus? How many of you guys are still uncertain? All right, okay. Here's what he says. If anyone wants to be my follower, you want to be a Christian, you want to be a Christ follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost and destroyed? Now, I want, I want to read it to you uh, the way I memorized it growing up. How many of you guys memorized Scripture growing up, and maybe you still do? It would be a good thing, right? How many of you guys have a particular Bible or translation that you memorized from? Um, back when I was growing up, it was the New King James translation. So I want to read it to you from that. That's what I memorized it from. Same passage, different translation, and it reads. Then he said to them all, this is the crowd again, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Highlight that. Underline that. Deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And those are two big things he puts out there right there. Yo, you, you want to be my follower? Okay, here's, here's what you got to do. You got to deny yourself and you got to pick up your cross daily and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it 
to a man if he gains the whole world. What's he talking about there? He's talking about possessions. He's talking about stuff. He's talking about things. What does it profit for you to do all of that? What does it profit you to accumulate this and accumulate that and do all that? What, what does that profit you? And then be destroyed and lost. I want to talk to you for the next few moments on follow Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. I pray that in the next few moments we have together that, God, you would speak to each and every one of us. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, for Canvas Church as we, as we make our way, as we may begin to make this comeback from, uh, Lord, the, the impacts and the effects of the pandemic um, that have uh, done so much to businesses and churches. And God, as we begin to make our way back, God, I'm asking that we as a community would devote ourselves this next 10 weeks to see life transformation, to see life change, that we would come out of it hearing your voice more clearly, knowing your presence more abundantly, and having the, the deepest desires of our heart answered. God, I pray that you would help me now in these moments that I have to create a place for people to encounter your son Jesus, know your incredible love, and realize the amazing plan that you have for each and every one of us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I, I have two amazing daughters, and if you've been coming to church long enough, you would know that, um, and a beautiful wife. So I have three uh, wonderful females in my house, and uh, one thing I have learned through the years is that an outfit is not complete until it has some accessories, okay? Now, if you're a married man, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a woman, you know what I'm talking about. If you're single, you're like lost right now, right? Like, you're like, what is he talking about? Accessories. Here's the thing. Like, you have the outfit, right? You have the shirt, pretty essential. Uh, you have the, the pants or the shorts, pretty essential. Um, and you have the undergarments, essential to most people. Um, you have shoes. Now, shoes are not an accessory, right? Um, but, but here's the thing I've noticed. It's what, what you can do to the shoes that can make them an accessory, Right? But, but there's something I've learned over the years is that like, like when, when one of them says, hey, I need to go shopping for a shirt. It's not I'm just shopping for a shirt. Because then you got to get the pants to go with the shirt. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And then you got to get the shoes that go with the pants. And then you got to get the accessories that go along with it, whatever, whatever that might be. And you want to you accessorize, right? Now, here's the thing. Some accessories, um, they, they make the outfit, you know, stand out. But let's be honest. Some accessories are important, such as a belt. Come on, somebody. Now, since I've been working out with Steven um, and getting thinner and more ripped, um, I need to wear a belt because my pants don't fit as snug as they used to. And that's a good thing. Praise Jesus, right? Um, and I'll, I'll never forget, just a little while ago, I left the house without my belt. And, um, and the whole entire day, anybody ever done this before? The whole entire day, you're just kind of like doing one of these right here, right? You're just kind of constantly pulling up the pants because I'm getting so fit. Come on, somebody, <laughs> right? The belt is an accessory, but it helps keep things where, where, where they need to be, right? Like that, that's awesome. Accessories, they make things stand out. They, they enhance, let's put it that way. They enhance, they, they make things better. But some, some accessories improve, Right, such as the belt. And so I remember getting home, putting on the belt, and it's like everything, everything is fine. Everything's held together. Right? Here's the thing with accessories. Accessories aren't just things you wear. There's a lot of things that, that accessorize stuff, such as our worship. Uh, this morning, right? We had a piano. Do we need a piano for worship? Some people are like, maybe? Is that a trick question? Right? The guitar. Yeah, we probably could have done without the guitarist today. Um, 
You know, right? The lights. Do you need the lights? I mean, some places have the big LED screens. We got these screens. You know, you don't need all that. Here's, we proved it. How many guys just like lost it when Linda started singing a cappella Amazing Grace? Like, I mean, we just stripped everything away, and there was this beautiful voice that God had given her, and we're singing Amazing Grace. And so accessories, I mean, there's different things people do to adorn buildings, whatever it might be. Here's the thing. That whole idea of accessory, I think, sometimes creeps into our Christian faith. I think sometimes it creeps into our walk with Jesus. I think sometimes, and maybe it's just here in the United States of America, but it creeps in. So much so, I believe this to be true, that too often times we look at following Jesus as, oh yeah, I can add an accessory to my life. It'll, it'll hold, he'll hold things together. Like my belt. Like things were falling apart, but Jesus came and he was like the accessory that held things together. I say yes to Jesus and man, he enhances my life. Man, he, he, he makes my life so much better. He makes my marriage better. He makes my children behave, praise Jesus. Sometimes I think we view following Jesus as an accessory, as an addition to that, that okay, if, if I add Jesus to the mix, then life just gets better. Am I talking to anybody this morning? If I add Jesus to the mix, then maybe my finances will get better. If I add Jesus to the mix, then maybe my business will improve. If I, if I add Jesus to the mix, then maybe this or that will happen. If I add Jesus to the mix, listen to me, Jesus not, is not an accessory. Jesus did not come to enhance our life. Jesus came to give us life. Jesus did not come in and say, hey, guys, if you accept me, everything that you got going on, man, I'm just going to make it that much better, that much greater. What he said is, hey, guys, if you get rid of all of that and say yes to me, I will give you a brand new life. But I honestly think, I'll be honest with you, for me, for the longest time, man, I've been getting ruined over the last couple of months as I read verses like this. Because I realized that probably a good portion of my whole entire Christian existence, and some of it as a pastor, I really had no concept of what it meant to be a Christ follower. Whether it be, whether it be teaching I was under, or whether it be the way I read the scriptures, and we're going to see some of that today. I, I read the scriptures as if Jesus was an accessory to my life, that if Jesus was in it, man, I'd be blessed. Man, if I add Jesus to the mix, I'll be that much whatever. Is anybody with me this morning? But when Jesus looks at the crowd, he does not say to them, hey, if you want to follow me, I'll make life really great for you. Oh, no, that, that, that's the fruit of following Jesus, which therein lies another problem. I think sometimes we are so after the fruit, we forget to go to the root of what produces that fruit in our life. See, Jesus did not come to enhance our life. He did not come to complete a life that was incomplete. He came to give you a, a brand new life. He came to give you a brand new life. And so when he looks at the crowd, he says, hey, if you deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, then you can be my follower. Deny yourself. These, these, these are basic Christian concepts to being a disciple of Jesus Christ that I missed. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. The Dictionary of Bible Themes, and I, I think we might have this up on the screen, I'm not sure, defines self-denial as this. 
as the willingness to to deny oneself of possession or status in order to grow in holiness and commitment to God. The two predominant things when Jesus looks at the crowd and says, you know, if you deny yourself, what's he talking about? He's talking about possessions and he's talking about status. Two things that I think all humanity searches for, don't we? Possessions, money, wealth. He said, hey, if, if you deny yourself, if you, if you give up the pursuit of that, now listen to me, I think we should be wise with what God's given us. We should be wise with what he's entrusted us with. But what's our pursuit? What are we giving more time to? What are we living our lives for? If you deny yourself, if you are willing, are you listening to this today? (laughs) Willingness to deny oneself of possessions in order to grow in holiness and commitment to God. It's getting quiet. The other one is status. What is that? Popularity. I want to be known. I want to be... I want to be somebody. I want to be something. Here's what he's saying. No, 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 no. No, you put you away. And you let me shine through you. Listen, that's a struggle in culture, isn't it? That's a struggle. But here's the thing. It's not just a struggle. It's easy for us to sit in here sometimes and be like, yeah, those people struggle with that. How about the church? How about the church? I mean, these are these. Remember, he's talking. Hey, if you want to follow me, if you want to be in the church, if you want to be a Christian, if you want to be a Christ follower. Yet, I think we struggle with these same things. I know I do. I know the church at large does. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. And that all I have to do is go to a, a Christian conference sometimes, and go to a Christian conference to realize, wow, we struggle with possession and status. We struggle with possession and status. I mean, you, you know, you, you could just go, go follow whatever. Go follow, uh, you know, some of the most popular speakers out there. It's just a different scale. We, we, we struggle. But here's the thing. Here's what Jesus is asking us to do. He's asking us to lay that all down. Paul said, hey, I want you to follow me as I follow Christ. So, so what, what, what model are we giving people to follow. Jesus says, I want you to deny yourself. I want you to deny yourself. Follow me. I want you to deny yourself. Paul, Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Paul said, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. That's actually Philippians 3, 7 through 8. Self-denial. What does it mean to have self-denial for the Christian? It means that I'm no longer the center. It's no longer about me. It's no longer about my likes, my wants, my interests. I I put me aside, and now Christ is the center. 
Now Christ is my center. No longer me. Colossians 3. Verse 3, for you've died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Think about that for a moment. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. See the difference there? I wish I had something to make an analogy here. Maybe I can use this. Say this is me. I'm a tissue. This is me. Here's what we do too oftentimes. We invite Christ to be a part of our life. So, here. There's me, and there's Christ. There we are. The Kleenex looks much prettier with the box, doesn't it? And this is how we live our life. Christ is a part of it. But here's what the scripture says. No, no, my life is no longer seen. It's now hidden. Thank God for the tissue box that was up here. It's now hidden. So when people look, they don't see. They see Christ. If you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Pick up your cross. Now, I've, I've read this verse growing up. My dad was a pastor. I got saved at the age of six. So for 41 years, I've been doing my best to follow Jesus. I've, I've read this verse quite a bit. The deny yourself part, never really got too deep into it. Struggled with that. Pick up your cross. This is the one that I'd get to, though, and be like, what, what does he mean by pick up your cross? And, and, so, and I've heard people talk about it, but it still didn't make sense to me. I've tried to, I've tried to define it. I'm kind of like, pick up your cross. Is that metaphorical of something? Have you ever heard people talk about that before? Like, this is just the cross I'm bearing. You know, whether it's like some sickness you've had for a long time. Yes, this is just the cross I'm bearing. Or maybe some, some thing in your life, like, yeah, I guess this is just the cross I'm supposed to carry. Anybody ever heard that before? Okay. And, and, and we think like metaphorically or symbolically. Listen, this was not metaphoric and this was not symbolic. When, when this is mentioned, I want you to deny yourself and I want you to pick up your cross, they had a very vivid, real understanding of what it meant to pick up your cross. It meant you were going to die. That's it. Like when, when Jesus bore the cross and took it up to Calvary, it wasn't, it wasn't metaphorical for something. It was he's carrying that and he's going to die on that. That's the context. That's the understanding when he looks at the crowd. Oh, you want to be my follower? Yes, we do, Jesus. Okay, you got to deny yourself. Oh, man. What does that mean? Well, it means that you, know, you, just, you are no longer, the world does no longer revolve around you. It now revolves around me. I, I, you, you, you are hidden in me. Okay. Oh, there's one other thing. What's that? You've got to pick up your cross. Heck no. Right? Because there's an understanding that, wait, that, that, you mean you're asking me that I, I follow you even if it costs me my whole entire life? 
See, I, I think the people, uh, I think the Christians in Afghanistan probably understand this verse a little better than we do. I think maybe some of the Christians in China understand this verse a little bit better than we do. You know, because, you know, here we are, man, with this beautiful building, right? Like out front, people driving by at Juniper Street. Come on, look at us. Here we are. I mean, we got speakers on the outside of our building that people can hear our worship music if they're sitting out there. Right? We got lights. We got screens. We're like, hey, here we are worshiping. They can't even do that. They're hiding. Somebody with me today. They're hiding. They're like, hey, hey, they, they probably come here and be like, dude, you are broadcasting the fact that you're worshiping Jesus? They, they, don't, they don't got no lights. They probably don't have no instruments. They definitely got no speakers on the outside of a building. They probably just have a little Linda just singing. Right? Worshiping Jesus around some candles so they don't get caught. I think they probably know what, what that verse means. Us? Oh, man. Like, I got to wear a mask to church? I ain't going. Oh, is that still a little too fresh? Sorry. That one's still a little too fresh, huh? <laughs> oh, they're not going to make me wear them? No, I'm not going. Like, 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 like here, I don't think we understand. Like, oh, I don't know. They, 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 did, did we have an electric guitar this morning? We did, okay. What didn't we have today? Synth. Oh, they didn't have a synth player. I don't know if I go back there. Their, their worship just didn't move me. Well, I don't, what kind of brand of coffee do you serve? <laughs> These are real questions, people. You sit there and laugh. I'll show you the emails. And by the way, we get our coffee from Costco because it's cheap, all right? Someone left a Yelp review. Oh, they got designer coffee. I'm like, well, if you call Costco designer, welcome to the club, you know? That's where I buy everything, Costco and Target. Come on, praise Jesus. Okay. I'm like, are you serious? Like, I think there's probably a problem in, in the church today if we base where we're going and what we're doing on how much fun our kids had. Don't get me wrong. Our kids' ministry is fun, and I want them to have fun. But if by the time they leave and, and head into middle school, they're going into sixth grade, it's like, what did you learn? We had fun. Awesome, what did you learn? That church is fun. Really? Talk to the believers in Afghanistan. I'm not sure church is fun. Pastor, this is such a downer message. Now, I, I, want, you to, I want you to grab onto something here because I think maybe we've missed what it means to be a disciple. Oh, the life is fulfilling. It's awesome. It's rewarding. It's joyful, man. It's a great experience, but, 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 but the passage to get there, you got to deny yourself. Can we get to the other part? Yeah, let's talk about the fruit real quick. Here's the fruit. What happens? Here, here's three things that will happen if you follow Jesus. Number one, you'll experience a life of freedom. John 8, 36. So if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. Know what the Bible says? Man, I want that. How many of you guys want freedom in your life? 
I want four of you, okay. I want freedom in my life. I want freedom in every area of my life. But if we're calling ourselves a Christian and a Christ follower and we're not experiencing freedom, maybe it's not a freedom issue. Maybe it's a death or a denial issue. Maybe we stopped picking up our cross daily. Maybe we stopped denying ourselves. Maybe we, 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 maybe we started to creep out a little bit like, I just want to be noticed a little bit. Why am I not feeling free? I don't get it. I'm out of fun. Got to get back in Christ. Yeah, there's, there's fruit. And one of the fruit is, man, you get to experience this great freedom. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. This is prophesied about Jesus in Isaiah 61, verse 1. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me. This is talking about Jesus to bring good news to the poor. Yes, he has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. Amen. And proclaim the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. That's the work that Jesus is doing. And he invites you to be a part of that work. You want to experience freedom? Awesome. Man, you want to to experience freedom? Deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow me. Deny yourself. Experience freedom. I want freedom. Here's the thing, though. Too oftentimes we then take those freedoms and turn them into liberties that he never meant for us. Check this out. Galatians 5, 13 through 14. It says this. It says, you, my brothers, were called to be free. Amen? But do not use your freedom to indulge in sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in the single command, love your neighbor as yourself. So he says, hey, there's freedom. Here's the problem. Humanity tries to creep back in. Oh, I'm free in Jesus. And then we use those freedoms, what? To indulge in the things that, he saved us from. He said, don't do that. Here's another one. Number two, here's the fruit. Man, you follow Jesus, you deny yourself, you pick your cross daily. Number two, you live a life of abundance. How many of you guys want abundance? I want abundance. John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? Here's the thing. We read that verse once again with the wrong mindset. We read that verse with, oh, I want abundance. Let me add Jesus as an accessory so that I can have abundant life. How do I know that? I know that because here's what we read. We read, oh, man, he came to give me life. He set me free. Oh, and I'm going to live a life of abundance. Here's what we think about. Man, I'll have more of this. I'll have more homes, I'll have more riches, I'll have more this. Man, everything I do will be blessed. Man, everything, man, it's just going to be rainbows and butterflies and daisies because I think those are cool things. Unicorn's cool. No, no, this is what he's saying. I'm gonna give you life and the life I'm going to give you, you're gonna have that life in abundance. You see the difference. The difference is, man, we read it through this other filter of, yeah, oh man, Jesus, yes. And then here's what happens. We get upset when all of a sudden we experience some loss. We get upset when we experience some pain. We get upset when we don't experience the abundance. Wait a second. I remember that pastor telling me, John 10, 10, man, life and life abundant. Where's my abundance? Here's the thing. As the church, we've perpetuated that problem. 
Because I've actually been places that said, come to Jesus and you're going to have everything you want. Uh, not the way I read the Bible. Come to Jesus and he'll give you a brand new life. And that brand new life you'll experience in abundance. That's not a promise of wealth and riches and greatness and success in everything you put your hand to. But I'm telling you, it's freedom, and it's the best life you'll ever, ever live. Here's what the word abundantly, abundantly means. It means over and above, more than is necessary, super added, superior, I like this one, extraordinary, surpassing common. What if we just took our mindset out of the common and said, you know what, I, I wanna live a life in Jesus, and I wanna go to that place of uncommon. I wanna go to that place of supernatural. Man, my life is hidden with Christ, in Christ. Man, it's not me you see. Come on, it's Christ you see. Now, I want to be there because in Christ there is healing. In Christ there is freedom. In Christ there is deliverance. In Christ there is hope. In Christ, here's the thing. Man, man, man see, see, the thing is, is, man, we read this verse and it's like, why am I walking through this valley? Well, didn't he say, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil? I think he promised the valley and the shadow of death. But he also promised you're not going to fear any evil while you walk through it. Why is that? Because your life is hidden with him. Your life is right here. Man, there's nowhere in Scripture that it promises that you won't experience sickness, you won't experience disease, you won't experience it. But what he does promise is although you might walk through that, you're going to walk through that, you're going to have to deal with that, I'm going to be right there and I'm going to carry you through it. As long as your life is hidden in him. Are you with me this morning? I want to be there. I want, to, I want to walk through those things with hope. I want to walk through those things with confidence. I want to walk through those things with victory. I want to walk, because here's the thing, even if it gets me on earth, I'm going to be with him in heaven. Even if somehow this body that, that fades away and all the things that I've somehow tried to accumulate are gone, guess what? At the end of the day, man, I want to be with Jesus Christ in heaven, living with him for eternity. And that's what he promises. Man, you're going to walk through some stuff. It's okay. Listen, man, don't listen to the person that tells you, oh, you'll never deal with this. You'll never deal with that. Yes, you will. But what gives the world hope is when they look at you and they see you walking through it with victory, with faith, with life, with hope, with a smile on your face. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. And he gives you freedom. Yes, freedom from sin, freedom from all the vices of the world, freedom from living the way the world lives, man, freedom. He gives you an abundant life, the life that he has for you. I'm telling you, my life is extremely blessed. But let me tell you this, man, my life doesn't look the way in many areas that I thought it would. But I go back and say, you know what, it looks exactly the way Jesus intended it to look. And lastly, worship team, you can come up because it's my finishing time. He promises a life of influence in his kingdom. A life of influence in his kingdom. You want to follow me? Man, it's a great life. Here's what you need to do. You need to deny yourself. Pick up your cross daily. Oh, it's going to be a great life. Not free from all the other things that the world walks through, but you're going to have hope and endurance and strength and him as you walk through it. He also promises a life of influence. Matthew 4, 18 through 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. 
Then he said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And guess what Jesus did? Jesus made them fishers of men. Now their context is this, they were fishermen. Jesus spoke their language and said, I'm gonna take what you do for natural gain and I'm gonna bring it into the kingdom and I'm gonna use it for influence in my kingdom for something far better. What you're doing without Christ for earthly, temporal, natural gain, when you say yes to him, he'll bring it in and say, man, you can still do that, but now I'm gonna use it for something eternal and everlasting. Talking with my friend Stephen, the good-looking ripped dude that was up here earlier. That dude I'm gonna look like in 10 weeks. We've been talking about the workout facility, the gym, and getting this thing off and going. And, and he just looked at me and said, but, but here's the thing, I want it to be onto a purpose. Yeah, I want people to be healthy, and yeah, I want kids to get trained, I want them to get exposed to, man, athletics and all this stuff, but I want it to be rooted and grounded in this one fundamental, I want them to find Jesus. I want them to find Jesus. Here's God who's taking a trainer and using his natural abilities and saying, man, that's great. You can influence people here. But what if you surrender that to me and we could influence them for eternity? When you surrender your life to him, when you come to that place where, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deny myself, pick up my cross, it's a life of influence. Now listen to me. We hear influence, but because of our culture, we think popularity. We think, oh, my name's gonna get known. I'll have followers. Have, and that's popularity. Now, people who are popular have used their fame for influence. But listen to me, just because you surrender your life to Jesus doesn't mean you're gonna have a bunch of friends. Do not mistake popularity for influence. But I'm telling you, if you surrender your life to him fully, if you understand what it means to be a disciple, your life will become so influential that it will impact others for the kingdom of God. I'm here today because of a man that most of you have never heard of. Maybe there's maybe five people in this room that have heard of him. His name's Steve Carpenter. Lives in Israel now, doing stuff over there for the kingdom of God. Um, I'm here today. I was influenced by his life. Now, I, my prayer is that your life is being influenced by mine. But it was one simple encounter, walking out of a, out of a church service, out of a tent meeting. Um, they were building a building, and I just happened to show up on that day, and I was walking out, stepped out of this tent, and there was this guy. I didn't know who he was. didn't even know he was a pastor at the church. Just started up a conversation with me. Hey, what's your name, Ben? Hey, why are you here today? Uh, I heard there was a church here. Awesome. That one handshake, that one hello, brought me to where I'm at today. Most of you don't know him. Most people don't. Probably, probably look him up on, on Facebook and Instagram, whatever. Probably look. He probably doesn't have that many followers. But he was influential. Mom, you're influential. 
to your, your kids, to the neighbors. Barista, student, business owner, employee, employer. You follow Jesus and he says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you influential in the kingdom. And I'm going to use you. Here's, 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 here's my challenge to you over the next 10 weeks. I'm asking you, church, to dive in. Do the devotionals. Journal. Go on this journey with me of what it, what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I know that I, I can tell as I'm preaching sometimes that it's like, you like me when I'm funny. How many of you guys like me when I'm funny? My wife. Perfect. That's all that matters. But I feel like we're in this moment as a church, that we're in this pivotal season as a church. Can I just talk to you as your pastor for a moment? I feel like we're in this pivotal, pivotal season as a church that we just need to go back to because we can get swept away by so many things. We can get swept away by so many good programs and ideas and thoughts and what if we did this and can we do that? I feel like we just, as a church, we're saying, you know what? No, we're gonna get rooted and grounded. Here's the thing, when we're talking about root, we're not talking about rooted in canvas. We're talking about being rooted in Jesus talking about being rooted a disciple what it means and for the next 10 weeks man I'm I'm, I'm so excited for this because I'm taking it as a personal challenge I'm saying man I, I, I want to reset my whole entire life and I want to come out on the other side a better pastor a better father a better friend a better teacher a better communicator I want to be a better lover of Jesus a better lover of people I want to God I, I just want to go back to what does it mean to be a disciple and I want to invite you in. If, you, if you're saying, man, because I, I, here's the thing. We want the fruit, don't we? We want the, we want the influential life. We want the freedom. We want the abundant life. But we got to go back to the source and say, man, where does it come from? It comes from Jesus. And if I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, I need to deny myself, and I need to pick up my cross, and I need to follow him. And so here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet all across this place. I'm not going to ask everyone to do this, but only those that are saying, man, I'm going to commit to it for the next 10 weeks. I'm asking all of you to, but I'm not going to make you do it. It's your choice, just like when I sit there with a financial advisor, and they look over our financial picture and say, hey, how much do you want to invest? They're not going to make me do anything. It's your choice. But I'm telling you this, if you invest over the next 10 weeks, I guarantee you, you'll come out hearing his voice more clearly, experiencing his presence more abundantly, and having the deepest desires of your heart met. I don't know how that's going to be met, but I know he's going to meet you there and he's gonna give you great clarity and great hope. Are you with me, church? And so if you're, if you're saying, man, I wanna be a part of this, I just want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, now listen to me. Don't, seriously, don't, don't pray this right now if you're not making this commitment. For those who are, say, Jesus, I'm committing the next 10 weeks to you. And I'm asking that daily, as I get into your presence, that you would meet me there. That at the end of these 10 weeks, I would hear your voice more clearly. I would experience your presence more abundantly. And that God, you would meet me in the deepest desires of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. God, I thank you so much for Canvas Church. God, I thank you for your taking us. Uh, Lord, I pray that as we go into this together, um, Lord, that, um, that we would just see you move powerfully and mighty in our lives. God, that we would experience the supernatural, would experience the abundance. God, we just say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. In Jesus' mighty name.
Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless. Thanks for coming. Hey, as you're making your way out, um, we have the books for sale in the cafe. Love for you to pick one up, $15. And for some reason, you can get the book. I think we have a digital one. You can talk to them about it as well. It's $7, I think, but you can't do a lot of the, the journaling, but $15. If you need prayer for anything, love to pray for you today. Come on up. Some of our pastors, small group leaders will be up here to pray for you. Sign up for a small group. There's one almost every night of the week. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.